it shows the cover and it shows old Hob about to get into a fight with Leatherhead. Oh my or gosh. about to get killed by Leatherhead, which are probably which, that's probably more realistic to say. Don't worry, Slash will bail him out. So, that and then we're finally going to get our Slash Leatherhead fight. They're listening, <laughs> even though these were written be. way before. <laughs> I want my turtles check. You know, come on. <laughs> Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a bodacious bowl of Ninja Turtles goodness. Brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and John. Cowabunga! Cowabunga, dudes and dudettes, and welcome to another episode of Turtle Flakes. I bet some turtle tracks. <laughs> turtle tracks. <laughs> yeah. I could be Grayson and just not say anything the whole episode. Yeah, you know? or occasionally cry or whimper. There you Ooh. go. <laughs> no! Speaking of which, I tried to do one two days ago. Did not work out. Did not yeah, work out. He, no. he sat there for like five minutes. He was done. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't like the neutrinos. No. Oh, by the way, so, so anyways, I'm your co-host, Rob, and join with me, as always, is my main man, Josh O'Rourke. Cowabunga, everyone. How you doing? Yeah, pretty good, buddy. How have you been lately? Uh, not too bad. Just uh, working a lot and doing a lot of doing a lot of nothing after work. You know, just not <laughs> being productive as little as I can, which kind of sucks. But you know, whatever. <laughs> That's me, man. I'll tell you. Uh, I just the kids have been crazy this week, and pretty much I get home and I pass out. That That's about it. Right. Yeah. yeah. We watch just, Golden Girls and we're done. Golden man. <laughs> See. I always just like I come home. I'm, I'm on my way home from work, and I, I live about a half hour away from work. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, so we put the babies in bed about quarter to seven, seven o'clock. So like after seven, I'm gonna sit down in front of my computer and I'm gonna write. And it's just like, okay, seven o'clock, babies are in bed. And then Nicole's like, hey, that new episode of Ink Master just downloaded. It's like, okay, well let's watch that. <laughs> and it's like, okay, it's eight o'clock. I can still write for a good hour. And then it's like, no, I'm passed out on the couch. Just, no. <laughs> it's nope. like, nope. Nope, I'm done. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm old. So. <laughs> oh, I know the feeling, man. I know the feeling. But um, yeah. but yeah, we got an action-packed episode today. All right. Well, I mean, you know, I don't know if it's action-packed, but we got a lot of stuff to talk about because we're going to be covering two comic books. It's going to be issues uh, two and three of TMNT Universe since we're behind. And yeah. then uh, uh, second of all, we are going to talk about some of the Ninja Turtle stuff that we're thankful for. Um, so... I've I've got definitely a couple of kind of things that really mean a lot to me, and I'm sure you do as well. So, and then you were bringing back a segment, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. All right, looking forward to it. Well, first of all, I do want to apologize, listeners. Um, I take full responsibility again. For, yeah, I know story of my life. <laughs> that should be a. We should apologize every time we start a show because you know then we're covering our backs. I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a T-shirt that just says Rob happened. <laughs> it's like. Whenever something goes wrong, I just like show everyone my shirt. Be like, oh, Rob happened." Yep, you yeah. just you don't have to say anything. Just point to the shirt. And I just pulled a Luther. There it is. <laughs> I'm like Toby. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, you know, 
First of all, um, we have two lost episodes. We were just talking about this before we started recording. There's one that we did, gosh, probably about two months ago, where we meant yeah. to talk turtles, and I think we it was just like the end of September. Yeah, yeah, we meant to talk turtles, and we just kind of got off on all these different kinds of tangents, and it was pretty much like a hour and a half blooper reel pretty much was just yeah. us just talking about comics and other things i don't even remember what we were talking about i remember one thing we talked about was i was recording downstairs i usually record upstairs in my room uh but i was downstairs and my daughter danica said hi to you and i said that's danica she thinks you're beautiful Rob. <laughs> she, she didn't talk to me for like a week you know? oh no well bless her heart <laughs> Wow, that that's very sweet. That's very sweet. Yeah, every time I tell Danica, hey, Rob says hi, she's like, ha. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're going to make me blush. Jeez, it's getting hot in here all of a sudden. No wonder there's no Skype, uh, Skype camera at your house. <laughs> yeah, I do that for a reason. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that's one um, episode. And then there's another one that we actually covered, I think, issue 60. Was it 62 with Splinter on the cover? And the Foot yeah. Clan? Well... Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, we were we we record a whole episode reviewing that issue, and you know we had some good stuff we talked about regarding that issue. But my Skype recorder is acting really strange, and it's putting everything on one single track, and I've had to pick and choose, you know, boost audio and certain things that are said. It's taking about five times longer than usual to edit that. But anyways, I got a different Skype recorder today. And uh, it's already been tested. It's tried and true. So, you know, today we'll probably have this episode out before we ever release those lost episodes. But Yeah, probably. Yeah, do apologize for the the big delay in episodes. We did record. It's just we've had bad luck. It's kind of like when you go to work but you forget to punch in. So, <laughs> I've been there. I have happened. been there. Yep. Or like the worst thing, that's, one thing that happened to me and I didn't realize I did it was it was a Friday and – I forgot to punch in in the morning, but I punched out at when I left like that afternoon. <laughs> so it says that I started work at like, I don't know, four o'clock in the afternoon on Friday. And then I punched out at seven o'clock on Monday morning. <laughs> so, well, that's so, pretty good. Oh God. Dedication. My boss was so just livid with me because she had to figure out, okay, when were you here? When were you not here? Why do we have you here? What, you know? <laughs> yeah. Why are you still working here? <laughs> why are you still here? That's awesome. Yeah, before we get started in um, – we got some special announcements. Before we get into that, uh, have you got any Ninja Turtle pickups over the last few weeks? Yeah, real quickly, I got two – not over the last couple of weeks, no, because uh, it just it, – holidays are coming, so I am actually, like, cooling, cooling the jets on it, so. <laughs> oh, he says I that. know. We've, this, is, this has happened every other episode, so it's like, no, I'm not. Nope. Okay. We're, we're, we're going to get another T-shirt, and it's just it's uh, Josh on there. It just says, I swear I'm not going to spend any more money on toys. Yeah, I, I won't. I won't buy any more. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like, that would be the shirt that says, Josh would have bought this, but he ran out of money. So, <laughs> so I got two... Um, uh, trade paperbacks of the IDW Ninja Turtles comic. I've got volume 15, which is the Leatherhead volume, which collects issues 56 to 60. And I think so. Nice. Yeah, 56 to 60, which is the whole Leatherhead story arc, which somehow it's called Leatherhead, but like the really important issue didn't have Leatherhead in it at all, which was when they yeah. fight Kitsune. And somehow that one issue overlapped the previous four. So like, you could probably call this the Kitsune issue or Kitsune trade paperback, and it would have had the same impact with me. Right. <laughs> but it's great to see Leatherhead again, and that's not like a negative. I know it sounded negative, but it's not negative. <laughs> yeah. 
but it had but it's got a great cover with leatherhead coming out of the water here and i also have the bebop and rocksteady destroy everything which have you read any of this book you know i feel terrible i that's one of those series i've not read much of i think i've read the first issue because i got it for my birthday um but i've not read any of the others so i liked what i read so far it's basically turtles in time but it's bebop and rocksteady in time and they're just (laughs) being morons everywhere but it's so cool at one point in the story this isn't really a spoiler because it happens like in the at the end of the first issue Bebop and Rocksteady go back in time and meet themselves before they were mutated, before they were even part of the Foot Clan. That is awesome. And it's really cool, and they freak each other out, and they're just, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Yeah, I heard it's really witty. I've I've heard a lot of good things about it. It is so dialogue heavy. Just because, like, you, you see how much Tom Waltz writes in his books. Multiply that by two or three. And you can like barely see the art. I do not envy the letterer at all in this in these <laughs> books because like he had to figure out where to put all the dialogue. And it was just like you can imagine him like having a mini meltdown, and be like, "Look, I get it. These guys are long winded, but I'm trying not to cover up any of the art." <laughs> Man, but definitely a funny story. I really like it. I was really surprised. I had no idea it had anything to do with time travel. Um, Renette it comes back from the. Uh, Turtles in Time storyline. It's really cool seeing her again. And, yeah, two really good comics. I highly suggest that you recommend that you get them. Awesome. Um, yeah, Volume 15, which is called Leatherhead, and then Bebop and Rocksteady Destroy Everything. Very so. nice, very nice. Yeah, I, I got to get the trade on it because, uh, yeah, the the loose issues are kind of tricky to find now. But for me, I've not gotten a whole lot in the last couple weeks. The only thing I'm – there's only really two things that stand out to me. There was uh, – as a matter of fact, yesterday I got the Batman Adventures crossover, which, uh, oh, okay. yeah, I got the Eastman cover of it, and man, it looks awesome. So I, I got that, and then, I've not read it yet, but um, I've heard good things. Yeah. And then I also got, it's actually, I was going to mention this in the news segment, but I'll go ahead and mention it now. There's this thing, I saw it in a catalog, it's the TMNT, the Kevin Eastman Notebook series, and it's, yeah. it broadcasts Michelangelo, and it's coming out December 7th. And it's cool because the, it's expensive. It's about a forty-eight one-shot, forty-eight page yeah. one-shot. But um, it's got a picture of Clunk on the on the cover. I said, "I'm sold. I gotta buy it." Yeah, I know. I've seen those too. There's a Raphael one as well. Yeah, and yeah. I remember last year, the first one was a Casey Jones book, and it just said oh, Casey. Really? On it. Yeah, and it was it was called the uh, Kevin Eastman Notebook Series, and it was just it's. An issue, it's like usually a one-shot from like the old Mirage days and then a bunch of sketches and concept art that they didn't use. And there was a lot of concept art for the creation of Casey Jones. But they were just, and I've never been able to see it again. I saw it on pre-order on Amazon like a year ago and I thought, no, wait till it comes out. And then I could never find it. You don't see it in the wild much at all. Like I've never seen these these notebook series books. Well, the uh, the Michelangelo one, like you said, comes out in December, and I think the Raphael one, like they they have like a second printing coming out. Awesome. And but I've got so many versions of those old one shots that I'm just gonna pass those ones um, because I'm mean, I've got I've got the original comics, I've got a couple of trade paperbacks with them in them. Everybody's got the Ultimate Collection hardcovers with those, <laughs> in, so it's like I've got those two books three or four times over i'm just i'm gonna skip this one 
and it doesn't mean I want to, but <laughs> yeah, I've got I've I've got to um, really figure out where I'm going to put all my comics because I'm seriously running out of shelf space. Ah, uh, me too. Yeah, you know, maybe one day I will, but for right now, I'm going to have to very painfully. I'm going to have to skip it. So. Yeah, I, I hear you, man. I sometimes we just got to pick and choose at this point, and and really that's that's the only thing uh, else I've gotten because you know, starting to save up for Christmas Christmas as well. So I I know all about that. But yeah, so I had a question about it. Is this just a rehash of an old turtle story? It's the Michelangelo one shot from the Mirage book. The Christmas one. The Christmas one, yeah. Oh, see, I love that issue. That's actually one that you got me for Christmas last year. That's right, yeah. That was my first Turtles book. So, like, this, that one notebook series in particular, it's really hard for me to say no to that because that is, like, that was the first Turtles comic I ever had, and I I always loved that uh, story. Really, and I'm, I'm kind of a, as, as much of a cynic as I actually am, I'm kind of a sucker for Christmas. Um, yeah, me too. As I think everybody is, everybody at least acts a little bit nicer uh, during Christmas. <laughs> and there was, there's actually the uh, the Christmas book that I got you for Christmas last year. It has that Raphael uh, side story uh, in with the Michelangelo one. That's pretty much how I feel around Christmas, where it's just like there's nothing but Christmas crap on TV. And then I go walk outside and I see like the uh, ghost of Christmas future and I'm dead. Okay, fine. I like Christmas. Oh <laughs> man. I forgot all about that story. My goodness. Yeah, you should read that one again. It's good. Yeah. Oh man. Well, that's awesome, man. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, definitely, uh, Oh, I'll definitely let you know how the, uh, notebook goes too. You know, if there's anything in there that, uh, I think you'd appreciate. So yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going to look into that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. December 7th. Yeah. Keep it, keep an eye out guys. And I think that's it for pickup for me. I, I don't think I have anything else. As for announcements, we got a couple of really good announcements here. Uh, first of all, I want to publicly thank uh, Jason Canary. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think it's Jason Go Ninja Canary. There you go from <laughs> from Twitter. He's actually I, I sent out a message to uh, our Facebook group and I just said, "Hey, I'm not really familiar with Twitter. I know you know we need a little bit more help getting content out there on Twitter." And he was one of the first ones to volunteer. So just big shout-out, big slice of pizza to, to you, dude. And thank you for the great work you've been doing there. Um, just great stuff. Yeah. yeah. I don't care what Josh says about you. Hey, you know what? I can't say too much <laughs> because he's already on Twitter, which I am not. And <laughs> I really can't talk smack about a guy with the best last name ever. You know, just That's true. Near. I would I would love to. You know, unless his name was like, what is his first name? Uh, Jason. Jason, if he was called like Jason Falcon, he would just be untouchable. <laughs> but Jason yeah. Canary, you know, you send him in first, you know it's safe. <laughs> That's awesome. And and another thing um, that is something I'm extremely excited about. Now, Josh, I don't know if I've told you this. I might have already told you, so it might not be any new news for you. But okay. we have a special announcement. Isaac Elliott Fisher from Turtle Power is coming back on the show and probably within the month. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't so, know that. Oh, good. Go perfect. Yeah, he. For those of you who might not know, um, he was one of the filmmakers of the Turtle Power Ninja Turtles documentary, and we talked to oh, him. That movie. Yeah. Oh, great, great doc. And we talked to him probably about two years ago. Now, uh, I was right before the documentary came out. Yeah. Well, now they're doing a second part. They're doing a part two, I guess. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of hoping they'll talk about the image series a little bit, and you know, the 2007 film and things like that. Maybe leading up to Nickelodeon and IDW taking control 
But anyways, yeah, uh, we're going to talk to him. I'm hoping to get him on next Saturday, just if, if we can get the times and the scheduling all figured out. But yeah, he's he actually reached out to us and said, hey, oh, man. Oh. <laughs> he said, are you that Ninja Turtles guy, right? <laughs> I said, yes, I am. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're, we're going to talk to him. Once we get everything finalized, we'll see if we can get you guys to uh, maybe ask him a few questions, a few uh, things you might be curious about, and maybe give him some feedback on the Turtle Power documentary. Let him, let him know how you felt about it. And last but not least, um, we got a voicemail in the last couple weeks, and it was uh, definitely an interesting talking point from our friend Thaddeus Manning. He says, Hey guys, Calabunga, this is Thaddeus. Um, so I'm sure by now you've probably heard the news that uh, Out of the Shadows, the, the 2016 film that came out this year, from what I heard, it didn't do, it, it didn't make enough money at the box office, so it doesn't look like we're going to be getting a sequel to it. And I heard that they're already in the works of doing a, another TMNT reboot. And I would, I would just like to hear back from y'all, you know, whenever you get a chance, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Because, I actually, actually enjoyed Out of the Shadows. Um, for me, it was like I was watching, uh, the first season of the 1987 series in live action form. Um, but I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of worried because now I don't really know what they can do as far as a new movie goes. But anyway, I would love to hear uh, your thoughts on this. And uh, as always, have a good day and take care. Thanks. Bye. All right. Good deal. So, did you get to hear that? No, I didn't get to hear any of it. <laughs> I'm so. You're, you're kidding. <laughs> no, I couldn't. And but I knew it was playing, so I didn't want to like talk over it because it's obvious. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you're all right, man. You're all right. Well, basically, I heard. Just... I heard like the very beginning of it where he said, uh, "Out of the shadows just didn't make enough money to warrant a sequel." Yeah. And then it just like I, I figured it was just me being depressed. I just couldn't I didn't want to hear any more after that. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you know, yeah, basically he just said that and you know, that they're actually thinking about either rebooting it or doing a sequel that's going in a completely different direction. Um and he just wanted to see, you know, how we felt about that. So you know, I'll start with you, man. How do you feel about, you know, there most more than likely not being a third Ninja Turtles film? Uh well, I uh I actually shared on our Facebook page a while, uh, a couple of weeks ago that the, uh, I, I can't remember his name, one of the producers, I think his name was Andrew Form, I can't quite remember it, I'm sorry if I'm getting his name wrong, but he had, they had opened up and said that no, there will not be a Turtles 3, but he said that that doesn't mean there won't be a third movie, it just won't be a sequel right. to this movie, and I thought that that was very unfortunate because I remember a couple articles where I read an interview with the producers and the writers and the actors and they all said they all echoed the same sentiment where they said we did pretty much what everybody wanted us to do and the movie was a failure you know yeah. not a failure but the movie was a flop i shouldn't have said a failure it was like everybody wanted bebop and rocksteady everybody wanted krang everybody wanted more humor everyone wanted more turtles and we gave them all of that and nobody wanted to see it and they were, I remember an interview with him on a podcast that I listened to called Total Geek All. And 
they had this great interview with this producer. It was like an hour long interview. And he was just the amount of passion and enthusiasm that he had for this movie that he was making. And I was just thinking, man, like it was before the movie came out too. I was thinking, man, this movie, I can't wait to see it. It's going to, it's in my mind, it was a guaranteed hit, you Mm -hmm. know, because I mean like how popular are the Ninja Turtles? (laughs) Everybody at least knows them, you know, everyone loves them, you know, and it's really kind of sad to hear that just a third movie will not happen in this series, you know, but with the way that the second movie ended, it kind of ended like, okay, that's fine because I had a great, well-rounded ending, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's kind of how I feel. Um, you know, I, the first film was okay. in in my opinion, and I, I remember actually listening to your and Nicole's review before mm-hmm. I actually watched the film. Yeah. And you know, you guys were very, very positive about it. So I kind of went in there, you know, cause I'd heard all this negative stuff about the first film. So I went in there, you know, kind of with a fresh take. I said, you know what? I've heard some people say some great things about it. I'm going to go in there with a good attitude because, you know, I get to see the turtles on the big screen. That's nice. And you know, I liked I liked the first film, mm-hmm. but I thought the I thought the second film was much much better. Yeah. But thing is, I think a lot of people Well, first of all, let me even back up further. I think a lot of people went into the first film hating it. Yeah. You know, right away they're like I'm not going to like this and they sh- they immediately shut it down. Yeah, they they had the intention of not enjoying themselves. Right, right. It's like and, I'm going to go spend money to not have fun. It's like, okay, right. well, you're just kind of a terrible <laughs> person and you're kind of dumb. So <laughs> And then, and then, you know, the, they go to see the movie and, you know, they just immediately trashed it. They didn't like Megan Fox or they didn't like the plot. They didn't like the way the turtles looked, you know, yeah. whatever it was. And I think people made their minds up. A lot of people did um, and kind of joined the ba- bandwagon and bashing the first film that mm-hmm. it, it almost seemed like the second film, no matter what, was doomed because yeah. of the connotation of the first film, you know, and how everyone felt about the first film. So it didn't matter how good the movie was, and it turned out to be a, a great movie. Bebop and Rocksteady stole the show. I love the second yeah. film. You know, Man, it was, that was like a two-hour Saturday morning cartoon. It really was. I liked it, and then the intro us, to the like movie was great. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to talk over you. I was just saying the intro of the movie was great. You know, it fired you up right away, and I thought it it carried itself all the way through the film. It was great, and you you hit the nail on the head. It was like the Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, and, and you know what? For and I hate to say this because I don't want to be I, I don't want to be that the curmudgeonly guy, but I was like, <laughs> but I was thinking to myself, you know, for us like thirty year olds that went and saw it, like some of us that took our kids to go see it, it's kind of like you know this movie meant so much more to us, our generation, because it was basically even though it was wrapped up in a modern uh, candy wrapper. The actual candy inside that wrapper was meant so much more to people our age because that was our turtles from our childhood on the big screen. Yeah. You know, it it really was. And the fact that kids all over the world got to see it and enjoyed it, uh, apparently not as many as we thought, but, you know, kids all over the world got to go see it and enjoy it was a tremendous achievement in my head, you know, in my opinion. And it's really a shame because I knew I was going to enjoy the movie based on this one interview with the producer I had uh, listened to. And he had said that, you know, first and foremost, he had said, I am not trying to we as a production are not trying to replace the 1990 original movie. 
He says, we are trying to make our movie for today's audiences. And I remember and I like he said, I remember he said that if you see this movie, that doesn't mean I'm going to go to your house and burn your VHS copy of the 1990 movie. <laughs> and I'm thinking, this guy's all right. He he knows what he wants to do. He wants to make a modern Turtles film. And I think the reason it failed, honestly, is because of the association with Michael Bay. Because people just cannot get over the stigma of having Michael Bay's name attached to a film nowadays because well, yeah even if he's not even hardly involved you know it's just know. that name has such a negative connotation to it at least with a lot of the franchises we grew up with and, yeah uh, he's one of 10 producers on these movies and but you know what he's responsible for one of the best parts of this movie because originally Casey Jones was not in the movie and just one day, Michael Bay came to a production meeting and said, Casey Jones needs to be in this movie. And they said, what? And he's like, Michael Bay said, yeah, I don't care what it takes. Casey Jones has to be in this movie. And he walked. Wow. And so they rewrote the script and cast uh, Stephen Amell. And Stephen Amell worked his butt off for this movie because, like, the day after he got done shooting whatever season of Arrow that he was on, he went to... Uh, uh, he flew to California to shoot the movie, to shoot Turtles uh, Out of the Shadows. And then the way his shooting schedule ended, the day after he was done shooting Turtles, he was back in Canada shooting the next season of Arrow. Wow. So he worked for, like, basically two years without a break. No kidding. And, yeah, <laughs> and, and you could not tell because that dude just loved being – he loves being Casey Jones and he loves being Green Arrow. And even though I'm not a fan of the show Arrow, I mean, that's a, I really admire work ethic. It's like that dude put a lot of work into it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and honestly, just kind of going back to the second film, I mean, my first experience, uh, I saw it on opening night and there was no one there. There was no one there. It's like people oh, didn't wow. want to give it a chance. Yeah. I, you know, it was it was myself, my a couple of my friends and maybe 20 other people in the theater. On yeah. opening night, and I'm thinking, oh no, this isn't good, you know. And I know this was just one theater in in Knoxville, Tennessee, but I was thinking, if every theater is like this, this film's in trouble because it was great, and and yeah. it didn't deserve it didn't deserve for people to give up on it so quickly, or you know, that no one gave it a chance. I had the opposite experience because I went to me and Nicole went to the day after the premiere. We uh, went to the theater in. Bemidji, Minnesota, you know, even smaller than Knoxville. Um, we went to this theater at one at like eleven o'clock in the morning. It was a matinee, and the theater was packed. There was oh. like an empty seat. And I was thinking, man, this is great, man. Everyone's going to see this movie. This is the first showing on the second day at eleven o'clock in the morning. Man, <laughs> get surefire hit, and then. The next week happened. It was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe not. Okay, maybe it's not going to, like, climb as quickly because, like, I remember when the first movie came out and Guardians of the Galaxy was, you know, the Marvel film. Everyone out and out loves the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Uh, that came out the week before the first Turtles film in 2014. And it was, like, number one movie in America, number one movie worldwide it's made $300 million in its opening weekend, and then Turtles, this movie that everybody apparently already hated, 
came out was like, nope, we're the Turtles. We're going to be number one. The yeah. only ones to make Marvel blink. And it was just like, man, okay, well, the second film's going to be even more upscale than that one because you've got so much of what the fans have been asking for. And it just didn't find its footing, you know? Yeah. And And I thought it was going to be a success on Blu-ray because the Blu-ray came out in what? September, August, September. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. Well, it wasn't too long. Yeah. About a month ago, maybe. Yeah. And it was the number one selling Blu-ray uh, for that month and including dig- And it was the number one downloaded digital film that month. And I was like, well, this is where they're going to make all their money back. There would be turtles three in three years instead of two. Right. You know, just thinking this is where it happens. And, you know, they've got to make their money back from merchandising alone. But it's just just nothing. It it wasn't enough of a of an increase, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that didn't they make their money back. And then, you know, of course, maybe a little bit of a profit, but not enough to, you know, yeah, produce they, another one. They spent about I think if I remember correctly, they spent like one hundred and thirty five or one hundred and forty million. And they made probably 200 million back gotcha yeah or maybe yeah. it was like 200 or 170 million and then they made 200 they didn't make enough on the theatrical run yeah yeah so you know my question is if it if we do get a third film and it's not a sequel to this one you know what would you want to see you know what i well they've already said it's not going to be a sequel to this series so right, right i think what they need to do is they need to wait don't make this come out next year or in two years or even in three years. They should probably wait, and I hate to say this, they should wait four to five years. I actually know, agree, wait, yeah. Wait till, honestly, wait till, I just said Marvel, wait till uh, Infinity War and wait till Justice League, wait till all those movies are done. Good idea. And then, re not re-release, but like make your new Turtles film and have it be like, I personally... I never really liked the argument of they need to make a grim and gritty and blah, 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 and black and white and mirage and all this. Even Kevin Eastman said that probably won't happen. But they, I think that they should give it a shot and make not an R-rated, but like a really hard PG-13 mirage-inspired or even IDW-inspired uh, comic. Uh, yeah. adaptation you know adapt the idw series you know i mean they they kind of already did with the first uh, turtles movie in 2014 the origin story was very similar not reincarnation but like uh with the genetic testing and everything like that and not necessarily just mutagen bath one day and then they're grown turtles but i think that they should definitely make a much more mature uh turtles film definitely funny because turtles are inherently funny but i would definitely want to see an idw inspired ninja turtles film and make it make it uh like i think honestly what you should do is just like make it that the turtles are the only mutants there there are no more there are no mutants but the turtles and splinter and they have to face a, a human threat you know yeah shredder of course foot clan but maybe like you know the purple dragons uh hun and the purple dragons uh maybe uh agent bishop and the government you know like inspired by turtles universe baxter stockton you know just i would love to see something like that you know 
you know, I, I definitely agree. I think definitely waiting a little while till not that the turtles will ever be forgotten, but kind of, you know, kind of sitting in the background for a little while. So that way it feels fresh when it finally does come out. Um, I would personally love to see uh, practical effects. I'd love to go back to kind of like what The Walking Dead has done. You know, a lot of their yeah. effects are practical effects, but they still look great on camera. My goodness. Yeah. Um, I would love to see something like that. I don't know how they would do that with the turtle costumes. I don't know if they do the you know animatronics again. I don't know if I just don't know, but I would love to see it look a little bit more realistic. I, I guess I would prefer my turtles not to be CGI necessarily. Although yeah. I know you can do so much more with that. I completely get it and I have nothing against that. Right. Just a personal preference. I'd love to see something a little bit more practical. Unless it's like a full on CGI movie like the two thousand seven. Right, yeah, yeah. Maybe a sequel to that, you know? Maybe maybe let's see that again, you know? Which was it, good. Yeah, I, I love that film, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see, like, just do, like, practical effects, practical suits with the animatronics, but then you have CGI enhancements to make them just a little bit more expressive. Oh, yeah, that'd be neat. You know, I, I, I agree with what you were going to say. Kind of keeping almost like an IDW, uh, the first few story arcs, you know, where it was still... On Earth, you know, still pretty gritty. You know, maybe, maybe do the origin story with the reincarnation. Boy, that'd be interesting. But yeah, I, I mean, that's such a comic book thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, I understand you're asking. I mean, you already accepted mutant turtles, but it's just like that's so, so far out there. You know. Right. Right. Plus, fans will always go back to uh, mo- a lot of fans will go back to the 1990s film yeah this wouldn't be a rehash of that although there would be some things that are similar to that that would appeal to people like us yeah. you know mm-hmm. like you still have it's set in new york city you still have kind of the grittiness of the first film but at the same time different origin story different characters the purple dragons come into play and uh Maybe have a character like Old Hob or somebody. Oh, I, don't, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Some some different some different character we've never seen on on film before. You know, so it would have plenty to offer that's new, but at the same time reminds you of the old film as well. So it, it appeals to everybody. You know, the older and younger fans. You know what they should do? This just occurred to me. Uh, what they should do is like, and, and then they could do this like next year if they wanted to, and you know, not have to wait four or five years. Do a practical effects Ninja Turtles film. Or not film. But, like, don't make a movie at all. Make a Netflix series. Oh, yeah. That would be okay. I'd be okay with that. A live action, practical effects with CGI enhancements, Netflix series. And then you you don't have to worry about ratings. And you've already got a built-in audience because who doesn't have Netflix nowadays? And make a live action series where you can, instead of like cramming as much as you can into a two hour film, now you've got 10 to 15 hours where you can tell a long, drawn out story. I mean, like, imagine season one of a new Turtles uh, uh, Netflix series, and it's the first 11 issues of the Mirage series. Oh, man, that'd be neat. And then, like, it ends with them going to Northampton. And then season two, you adapt Return to New York, where Raphael separates and the Shredder comes back. Or, and and then season three or it will be City at War. And season four can be, you know, whatever, you know? Yeah. And, just, it, and I think that would be great, you know? I mean, that, that just occurred to me while we were talking. I was thinking, man, do a Netflix series 
where you can even do a black and white if you want to. Yeah. And have you, almost like a Game of Thrones vibe to it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe not Game of Thrones. Well, maybe not so bloody or, you know. Maybe well, uh yeah. Everything but, else, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, all that other stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh but like, you know, then you could have ten to eleven hours of like really digging into these characters and like you oh could, yeah and then you can even do like the special like one shot issues where like here's how Raphael and casey jones meet is one episode michelangelo the christmas special is a one shot you know is one episode or the and just go crazy where like donatello and kirby with the artist with the magic crystal is one episode and just like you could do anything with it you know and i would still say make it like really grounded in reality uh uh, the turtles and splinter are the only mutants and the only the one complaint i had about the new films was like the turtles were too powerful you know the foot clan were not a threat to them at all and i would say like if you're gonna make the ninja turtles realistic make them incredibly talented martial artists who get hurt just like you and i do like leonardo uh takes a fall and breaks his leg that's six episodes where he can't do what he usually does you know and you know it would you could really tell interesting stories that way and that way you wouldn't have to wait four or five years to reboot it you know love that i would love that do i think it'll ever happen any- well do i think it'll happen anytime soon probably not probably. No. <laughs> but boy i would love that golly that'd be amazing because yeah. i mean you think of all the different story arcs gosh you could do with it you know it'd be a turtle fans dream but uh such is life i guess we'll always have to kind of ponder what could be <laughs> yeah you know it, it is the uh the grim reality of like super fans like you and i yeah and yeah. like pretty much 99 percent of our audience listening it's just kind of like you know unless because I, I hate the argument of you know well I've, they should do this and they should have done that and it's like well, you don't make movies for a living, so you don't really know what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but I've watched so many movies, I know what would make a good movie. No, no, you don't. Unless you work in that environment, you don't know Jack. I'm sorry. And <laughs> right. I'm also describing myself. I have no idea what goes into making a movie. I can barely write a novel, you know, so, but I know how the writing process works. But I have no idea how a film is made. And there are thousands of people involved with every single film there are so many checks and balances that have to be created for a film to be made so mm-hmm. I, man i have no idea what they do i would certainly i certainly know what i would love to see I, I think we all agree that we that we need to go back and make it simpler yeah kind of go back to basics a little bit but you yeah. know offer something new at the same time yeah yeah well all right man well uh real quickly i'm gonna i'm gonna rattle right through the turtle news what do you say all right, let's do it. All right, let's do it. All right, guys. Well, big, big uh, slice of pizza goes out to our friend Thaddeus, big friend of the show, always participating. As a matter of fact, he was the one who sent the voicemail earlier. He provided a whole bunch of news for us. Uh, I know he's always posting stuff on our Facebook group page, and uh, he was actually the one that said, Hey, guys, I miss your turtle news. When are you going to bring that back? <laughs> and I said, Man, I have no time. Can you do it? <laughs> so, 
So, uh, yeah, he was uh, kind enough to send us a lot of information, a lot of updates. So I'm going to go through everything that he posted on our Facebook page. So uh, first bit of news is April O'Neil, actress Judith Hogue. She'll be attending the Pensacola, Florida Comic Con called the Pensacon on February 17th through the 19th. And if you want to check out uh, ticket prices, just check out Pensacon.com. Um, so that's awesome. She was my favorite April. She is probably the best April. I was going to say, was she your favorite April? Uh, yeah, in terms of the movies, yeah, she was probably, she is the best April. I mean, she was the most April O'Neill we ever got, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you know, she, not that she was, not that she didn't like the film, she just, it's hard to explain, like, the from the articles I've read, it seemed like she was disappointed with the way the film turned out, Yeah, but she still had so much respect for the franchise. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, well, you know what? I wonder how much of that was just the last 26 years of she's April O'Neil to so many people. Ah, uh, sure, sure. But that's it. You know, like how many other movies and TV shows and plays and Broadway shows or something had has she done that she should be known for, but she's April O'Neil. And, you know, you would expect, and I'm not saying she feels this way, but she may have gotten tired of always having to be questioned about the turtles or always being referred to as April. You know, she, she's probably, if it were me, let me say it that way. I would probably get really tired of that. It's like, you know, I, I have done so much more than one film in 1990. Right. (laughs) But it's cool to see so many actors, uh, just kind of steer into the skid and be like, yeah, I'm April. Yeah. I'm, (laughs) I'm Winston Zeddemore. I am, uh, Jason, the red Ranger. You know, it's a lot of them always seem to come back around and be like, yeah, I'm just, here I am. Well, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's still doing these cons, so she definitely has a lot of, um, pride in what she did and everything. But I, 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 um, I read an article where she, she had some certain visions for her character that, you know, she had some, I don't know if they were disagreements with the directors or something like that, but, uh, she, you know, she, she had some visions about what April O'Neil should be like, yeah. and I don't know if everything actually did make it to film that she was hoping would with her character, and I know she hated her hair in the film, like, I was reading an article on that, and she just could not stand <laughs> what they did to her hair, because I think they were trying to do the... The share perm. perm, yeah, right. The share perm that was in the comics, and it just, you know, she just said it didn't work for her hair. But, anyways, um, she's per- my personal favorite. But moving on uh, along here, it says next bit of news is DreamX Toys. Uh, they've revealed a new Raphael, Leonardo, and Treader figure. Oh no way! No, nope. yeah, no. Nope. Yeah. I they've actually got, I saw pictures. They look amazing. They've got all four turtles: Casey, Casey Jones, Shredder, and new Krang figure that are going to be released throughout the year and you know no i have to say absolutely <laughs> not you know why because they cost two hundred dollars a piece two hundred dollars yeah i'm thinking no i don't even show <laughs> me that because i want to get those and oh well, i'll tell you what the the next one had me going my goodness um the next thing is the NECA toys they reveal the new tmnt figures based on the 1990 film and yeah. i saw their, their i saw a picture of michelangelo and i saw a picture of donatello the michelangelo one oh, i it's swear Raphael. it's Raphael. oh is it raf mm-hmm. oh okay because I'm, I'm looking at a website right now hang on let me pull it up here well they've they've got all four of them but like to pre-order now because i've got those oh on- yeah I've got uh, Donatello and Raphael on pre-order right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I see. I see the Raph one, but there's a picture of Michelangelo too. I thought it was from the film, but it's not. 
Oh, I see what you're saying. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's. Yeah, let me sh- let me send you the link. I want you yeah. to see this. I've got I've got so many pictures of those because oh. I pre-ordered the first two that are coming out, and basically because I'm pre-ordering those and the uh, the Good Smile Company uh, is putting out four new statues next year. They're going to put out to go alongside with their turtle statues from last year. They're going to have a Shredder, Bebop, Rocksteady, and Krang statue. Oh my gosh. And so I've got a jar on my dresser with a bunch of money in it that I'm going to keep, <laughs> you know, every paycheck I put 50 bucks in it. I'm like, okay, there it is. And I don't do anything. That's what, that and Christmas is why I don't have any turtle pickups outside of these two comics. Um, <laughs> because those four NECA movie turtles and the four statues from the Good Smile Company, that's what's going to get my money next year. I hear you, man. And but those those Dreamex figures, yeah, they look amazing. But two hundred dollars is too much. It's a little pricey. For, a little pricey for an action figure. And I mean, I actually saw that and started doing research as to why action figures are as much as they are. And it, it turns out it's actually a pretty depressing answer. Like the um, uh, the overall price for oil plastic or not plastic because plastic comes from oil but oil cotton and cardboard are increasing like crazy so like and that so like you have to and steel so like you have to uh to cut steel for the molds for the figures costs a lot of money the plastic costs a lot of money paying the artists to paint them and the concepts and all this stuff costs a bunch of money and that's why these figures are 200 bucks a pop Gotcha. Yeah. But I'm not spending a thousand dollars on Ninja Turtle figures. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hear you, man. Yeah. Uh, well, some millionaire that's listening, if if there are any, hey, uh, help us out, will you? <laughs> shoot us. Shoot us. Give us some figure. Give us some money here. Yeah, please. please. We're just not. We're not even gonna sugar. We need money. Give us some money. Yeah, because like there are some figures uh, by a toy company called Three Zero that puts out Ninja Turtle figures based on the Out of the Shadows and the original 2014 movie. And they look amazing. And Kevin Eastman actually, finally, Kevin Eastman did a toy design for this company called Three Zero. And that's another one that is four turtles, two hundred bucks a pop. Wow. I'm thinking, man, I've talked to Kevin Eastman and I'm gonna have to tell him again. It's just nope, sorry, you're not getting that Josh check in the mail. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I hear you, man. I hear you. Well, a uh, big milestone for the Nickelodeon cartoon. Um, the animated series reaches its hundredth episode. And Stan Sakai confirms uh, he's going to be Yus- Usagi Ojimbo in uh, season five. So that's big news. That's big oh, news. He's I know you're a big. Him? That's what I've heard. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's the cool. creator's going to be the voice actor for the character. That's so wow. cool. If that ain't nepotism, I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So uh, you know, I know you're a big Yojimbo fan. So that's that's fantastic news. I always feel bad about saying I'm a Usagi Ojimbo fan because, like, I love Usagi Ojimbo, but I have no idea about anything about Usagi Ojimbo. Well, you know, I've not read any of the comics, and I, f- I feel bad being a Turtles fan because yeah. I know he's such a big part of the Turtles universe, but uh, yeah. I've not read many of the comics. Just, just you know, just what he posts up on his Facebook page sometimes. Yeah. But uh, I've got a couple of, of uh, collected editions downstairs, and they're pretty good. They are pretty mature you know for i mean just in terms of like the vi it's like it's the most bloody violence you'll ever see without blood in it it's so <laughs> weird it's so weird how that works out but it's just like it definitely suggests more violence than it shows you know but it it's really good and it's, yeah. it takes itself super seriously 
And speaking of uh, Yojimbo, too, um, Thaddeus also provided us a link for, it says, uh, the Usagi Yojimbo comics now have a chronological reading order. Uh, and he sent us a link for the website, and I ch- uh, clicked the website. It's really detailed. has yeah. links to each issue and also gives us a timeline all the way up to, from 1984 up to October of 2016. So, I mean, it's wow. fresh. So, um, I'll provide that in our show notes along with links to all these figures and uh, let's see. Last but not least, I almost, I almost forgot one. Warner Brothers Animation might produce a Batman TMNT direct-to-DVD film based on the popular comic. Oh, God, I read this, and yeah, I, I am so excited about the possibility of that. Yeah. That's great. Now, are they, are they talking about the, the one that's coming out now? Um, what uh, I think what they're talking about is the, the IDW and DC book that came out earlier in the year. Not, not the Adventures one, although either one I'm sure would be fine. But I really hope they adapt the the. Uh, I don't mean this as a negative, but like the real Ninja Turtle and Batman crossover. <laughs> uh, not not the cartoon one. You got the real one and the cartoon one. There's there's a distinction. But yeah, I, what it was was um, from what I had read, they had actually screened to a bunch of fans the new uh, DC animated film called Justice League Dark which is the new film that comes out, I think, this month or next month. And they just released the trailer uh, for it, and it's got the Justice League with John Constantine and Deadman and Zatanna and Demon Boy and a bunch of other people. And it's the Justice League versus magic and demons and stuff. But after uh, a fan Q&A with this, it was basically a focus group meeting with just a huge audience of fans, and they had asked them, what are the DC animated films that you would want to see in the future. And they had like, like the second most popular, uh, answer, uh, given or request given was Ninja, uh, Batman TMNT. Wow. Yeah. And like, I think it was like right behind swamp thing. People have been wanting a swamp thing animated film for a long time now, huh. which, which would be cool. Cause swamp things pretty interesting. Oh, like swamp thing. Yeah. I think everybody, if you're like me, you like the uh, old B movie called Return of the Swamp Thing with that Roger Corman directed. Oh yes, <laughs> that one where he's just beating up monsters and making out with Heather Locklear for some reason. <laughs> um, but if you're oh, like yeah. a bunch of comic book nerds, you know Swamp Thing because of that one issue of Alan Moore's comic that you read, and you say you read all of it, but you didn't actually do it. Um, <laughs> that's how you. But everybody knows Swamp Thing, uh, mm. but. I'd be more excited to see a Batman Ninja Turtles animated film. So I'm hoping that's what happens. It won't be anytime soon, but I'm hoping that's what happens. Yeah, definitely, definitely rumors about it, and uh, definitely some excitement surrounding it. So, so that's it, guys. Thank you so much, Thaddeus, for the for the news there. And I guess we should get in the comic, shouldn't we? Oh yeah. All right, let's do it. Hello, violators. You're in Casey's comic classroom. Prepare to be screwed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of Turtle Flakes Presents the IDW Mutation Station. Man, didn't miss a beat. Been gone for about two, three weeks and uh, still nailed it. Snailed it. That's right. (laughs) Snailed it. Snailed it. That's right. All right. But this week we got issues two and three of Team and T Universe. Absolutely. So uh, what did you think of these issues? You know what? I, I really, I'll be honest with you. I forgot what had happened in issue three so i just crammed this morning i mean i was up early enough i crammed (laughs) issue one two and three and just read all three of them in a row 
And I really got to tell you what, I really enjoy how action-oriented this one is. Yeah, you know what the funny thing is about it? It kind of reminds me of, I know it's a weird comparison, mm-hmm. but Clerks. Yeah, and and the and the reason I say that is 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 pretty much ninety percent of these three issues are in Baxter's lab. Yeah, you know? no, they're just like clerks is just in one room, and that's it. Yeah, it's the quick stop. You know that that's it. That that's ninety percent of the film is in the store. But through good storytelling, um, the setting doesn't need to change so much. And uh, it, you know, it was pretty good. Yeah, you know, it introduces. I mean, the first issue introduces a, a number of new characters. You've got Madame Null. And yeah. uh, uh, Zodi, who's the scorpion lady. I couldn't remember her name, so I just called her Scorpina in my head. So, <laughs> uh, you know, that's kind of what I did, too. I just yeah. called her Scorpion Chick. And Leonardo calls her Zodi at one point in the third issue, and Raphael's like, what? What are you doing that for? And I was like, because <laughs> that's her name, I guess. Thank you, Leonardo. And um, it gets really dark for a while in this book. And it's like, I kind of feel like this is their not mature storyline but this is just like this is the take no prisoners storyline here because like yeah. turtles are seriously asking some ver- or not asking but they're really telling you some deep stuff where Raphael is talking about how we'll never stop fighting we've never had a chance to stop doing anything we've just been surviving and then Raphael again talks about how you know it, it doesn't matter this it doesn't matter how good we are at what we do right. we're going to die doing this yeah, very, very kind of cryptic uh, to say something like that, but uh, and that's how issue three ends too. Spoilers, but that's how issue three ends. It's like, wow, man, really? No kidding. Yeah, I mean, each one of these have ended on a dark note. Like, so uh, issue one, Donatello gets shot, uh, and then issue two ends where Raph's about to beat the snot out of um, Zodi, and then issue yeah. three is what you just mentioned. It's like, yeah. holy cow this is going to be a dark one that was my favorite scene in this and all three of these issues is when Raphael finally because Zodi the scorpion lady she does nothing but talk smack for three issues and Raphael just finally has it up to here with her and he says Mike you're going to want to turn away see I hated that part you um, like that part not not because he was going to beat up a chick or anything but like <laughs> well she's he, a scorpion it's, yeah, you know, half lady. She what? can hold her own. She's all right. Yeah, she's she's got a tail. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. And I really liked that Raphael was just like, "That's it. I'm done. I'm gonna take this chick out because she is just it. It just it uh, proved that there's room for the maturity and the dark. They're not afraid of dark storytelling. It's like no dark no. dark storytelling doesn't necessarily mean blood gore bad language it's just being mature and taking your storytelling seriously yeah all three of these issues i mean we've already covered uh universe one but this one takes place right after it and it starts with raf literally i mean it starts right off with action Raf's running out of um this i got a little confused about the setting here Raf's running out of one building but i guess it wasn't baxter's building um with donatello in his arms and the Earth Protection Force, they're apparently trying to blow the building up or do something here because they've got those tracking devices you yeah. know, that literally float in the air. Yeah. Um, they're these, like, probe-looking things. Agent Bishop and his crew, what they're doing is they're trying to capture the mutants. Right. Um, Although Agent Bishop doesn't care about the humans in there. No, he doesn't. No, no. He doesn't, you know, he kind of throws caution to the wind with them. 
with the exception of Baxter Stockman, because there's a great exchange in issue two. Where he starts talking to Baxter, and he he knows Baxter is going to betray him, and so he immediately yep. just like shuts him down. Yeah, yeah, he um, because uh, Baxter's being way too um, compliant, you know, yeah. way, way too cooperative here. And uh, Bishop's smart. You know, he kind of plays along and just says, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll call you. Hangs up on him and goes, yeah, we can't trust him. Yeah, and, he, and I remember there's another character called Detective Lewis who was a cop. Mm-hmm. She uh, asked him, like, what are you hanging up on Baxter Stockman for? You know, that could be a way in for us. And he says, because he's Baxter Stockman, he's a war criminal who double-crosses everyone. <laughs> True, and I and I don't feel like dealing with that today. I'm thinking, I like Agent Bishop, I really do. He's, you know, he's a good villain. I like him. He's smart. He's very smart. He kind of he kind of reminds me, and I have no idea why this is in my head, but he kind of reminds me of Paul Reiser from Aliens. <laughs> oh, I okay. <laughs> yeah, he's like Burke. He's just like this slimy, uh, just this guy who's always got a plan and will yeah. figure it out. Unless a face hugger attaches to him or whatever. So, anyways, the storm, the SWAT team, they they come storming in, and uh, Raf's battling some of them, and uh, of course Bishop talks to Stockman, and then after that, April and the Scorpion Lady they head towards the roof, and the Scorpion mm-hmm. tries to bluff a- April with Leo's sword. She she's uh, Zodi's tough man. She goes, uh, uh, April goes, where'd you get that sword? And she's like, oh, I uh, I got it off one of those turtles after I put it through his head. And I'm like, good yeah. lord. And then the down, turtles lady. show up, and she grabs April. She's like, yeah, I might have been lying about that whole head thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> and the turtles are like, you were expecting maybe the Adams family? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to weave that in there. Donatello was passed out, and he just woke up to say the Adams family line. And back up. Passed back out. Expect maybe the Adams family. <sighs> <laughs> and then, you know, so the scorpion lady, she runs on the roof, and uh, she's about to make her escape. And she jumps off, and she's shocked by one of those floating shocker things that uh, Agent Bishop launched. Yeah, the trackers, yeah. Right. At first, I thought she died because she hits the ground, like, pretty daggone hard. Yeah. I mean, she jumped off a roof. You would think, you know, that would do it. But then again, she does have that hard exterior, you know. She's got that exoskeleton, yeah. That's true. That's true. Uh, and I love Mikey. Earlier in the story, he's kind of joking around with uh, the scorpion lady. I think, is this the scene where he's trying to explain the difference between amphibians and reptiles? Oh, the whole time he's just spouting off. I, I love this universe storyline gets Michelangelo done, down so right, where it's just like he never stops talking. He's always spouting nonsense. Yeah, and he's yeah. explaining the difference between amphibians and reptiles, yeah. Okay, so she gets hit with the thing. She gets blasted to the ground. Oh, that's right. And was it April who showed up or Baxter yeah. to save her? Well, both of them. Both. Oh no, April saves her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and then even though she's been saved by April, um, Zodi's still talking crap. She's saying, you know what? You guys are weak. The, what's going to get you killed is your own. Let's see. I got the line right here. Oh, don't look at me like that. I'm not your biggest enemy. Neither are those sad little commando boys. Do you want to know what your biggest enemy is? It's your own stupidity. And she just keeps going. Look at Sleeping Beauty over there. Donnie, right? That shouldn't have happened. And Raph's kind of warning her, like, shut up. And yeah. she goes, but in, she keeps going. She goes, but instead of focusing on staying alive, Mr. Hothead over here jumped out a window chasing after me. And all of you followed. And the weak link broke first. And then Raph goes, I said. And then, oh, this is the part, this is the part that got me. She goes, yeah. I wonder if Donnie knows that someday you're all going to get him killed. 
and this is where Raph just blows up and punches her. Yeah, knocks her out of the room, and then, like, she's tied up at this point. He knocks her out of the room and unties her, and it's just like, Mikey, you're going to want to turn away. Yeah. And they're going to, and they have a pretty cool fight. And, um, yeah, see, I love that because they get, they explain why he, at the end of issue three, they explain why he goes that crazy. And it's actually kind of a really heartfelt moment. Mm -hmm. But I really like Zodi in this book because, like, so many times, she is just such a cookie cutter villain where she's yeah. like just like you're weak because you you because you care because you're a family and blah 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 but then she's so funny and so flippant that that makes it feel fresh and that mm. makes it feel uh energetic and i just i really like that i i love villains that like she's she's a bad guy but she's not evil i don't think no she's she's brutally honest but she's not evil yeah. And she'll totally kill people that try to kill her. Yes. She won't, like, straight-up murder people, though. And she definitely talks harder than she actually is. Mm-hmm. You know, about, like, oh, I chopped Leonardo's head off. No, I was kind of lying about that. I'm sorry. And, <laughs> but Yeah, yeah she does have a couple funny lines in the in the second issue. Yeah, if you can make me laugh, I'm pretty sold on you. So. Yeah. So, so, dude, what do you think of the part two of Inside Out, the uh, short story at the end? Inside Out's definitely, it's got my interest because it's definitely at the end of issue three, part three of Inside Out anyway. Well, part two of Inside Out does too. It's definitely obvious to me that it's inside Leo's mind. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. I The artist, let me look. So the story says uh, here, Kevin Eastman, Bobby Kernow, and Tom Walsh. I'm wondering who actually wrote it, came up with everything. I don't know. It seems like... Kevin Eastman storytelling a little bit. This I was just gonna say. This seems like a Kevin Eastman story to me. Yeah, but Tom Waltz does the script. But uh, I mean, it, I don't know. It just seems like a with the inner monologue. That's definitely a Kevin Eastman style. But um, the artist Bill. Oh man, look at that name, Bill Sein. Sankowitz. Sankowitz. Sure, sounds that sounds better than what I would have said. Let me take a look at it real quick. Yeah, Sinkowitz. Sinkowitz. Yeah. He is, I love his art style. I love this art style. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I love it. That's cool. Yeah. That's definitely reminiscent of the 80s turtles, you know, just like really hard outlines and sketchy pencils inside. Yeah, I really like it. Yeah, and this, this uh, issue, it's basically a big monologue with Leonardo fighting Koya, uh, which was, I think, Shredder's Falcon for reconnaissance, yeah. wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 and uh, just just great, great layouts here. Love the demented version of Leonardo, where it says, "Rewind, Leo. I'm in control. I'm in control." And he keeps reassuring himself this, and then he's looking at himself somehow, and it's like this demon version of Leo. Oh, it looks great. Coyo comes uh, busting out of the the lake. They have a little battle, uh, and he ends up taking off after this storm drain, and that's how the second issue ends. Yeah, and then he ends up in the third issue of uh, Inside Out. He ends up in the storm drain fighting Rat King. Yeah, loved Rat King too. The the portrayal of Rat King in this. Yeah, we all know how much of a fan I am of Rat King. It's always great to see him, and it's usually yes. pretty brief when you see him. But whatever, it's it's enough for me. See, that's great. That that's what I love about Rat King. He's still kind of in the comics. He's still kind of mysterious. You very rarely see him, you know. And and when you do, it's usually something pretty big. That that's the thing with racking is you got to be incredibly vague with them. I think and that's that's what you should do. Yeah, I think in a way, if the more you see him, the more it hurts his character. 
Yeah, the more you uh, look behind the curtain, yeah, kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's great in the third issue, you also see, like, the mutant Shredders that when they were trying to bring Shredder back and return to New York back way back in the old day. Yeah. Um, you see the old mutated, like, the forearm Shredder and the little tiny squat Shredder and the really skinny one. Somehow that means mutant, but, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I really like that, how he's fighting all of them, and then out of nowhere at the end, he ends up in a cave fighting a dragon <laughs> I, right uh, yeah th- is that that's not the dragon from um tournament fighters is it no i don't i don't think so they haven't named him um oh oh my uh, gosh speaking hothead. of which hothead thank you speaking of which i forgot to mention this at the top of the show big huge huge pickup for me a friend of mine freddie velasquez he uh big supporter of the wretch junkies network just just been a great friend for for quite some time now he out of nowhere donated a copy of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters for the NES, which is a no. rare... Yeah, which is a rare NES game. It was a late NES release. I've got it for the Sega, I've got it for the Super Nintendo, but I never had it for the Nintendo, and that's one that I've looked for in the wild for years and years yeah. and years. Oh, so, man. Color me jealous, dude. Uh, <laughs> it's one of my prized possessions, man. Uh, I, I just... I just have you I, played I it, or are you afraid to? <laughs> I, you know, I've not played. I've not had a chance to put it in yet. But I've got it. In, I've got it on my Nintendo shelf right now. So my NES Turtles collection is complete. I'm just completely color me purple, man. That is really <laughs> cool, man. You, you've got to send pictures. That that's awesome. You got it, buddy. I will. I will. That really is cool, man. Good job. Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you, Freddie, man. Cowabunga, dude. Big slice of pizza goes out to you, man. So uh, issue three. Uh, Mike uh, Donatello, he starts waking up as Raph and Zodi are having a pretty epic fight, aren't they? Yeah, they they have a pretty bad one, yeah. Yeah, I love that, um, you know, the, the layouts for the fight scenes. And, and one thing we've not mentioned, I really like the artist. His name is Damien Corsero. Yeah. Um, really like his art style in this. It's really good. And the layouts are fantastic. And I love when Raph, she's talking all this smack. She's throwing Raph around for a while. But what's nice is Raph finally gets his. Raph finally gets a little bit of. Uh, it seems like every fight we see, Raph's always losing. You ever notice that? Yeah, he definitely. Well, he gets too angry. You know, that's the thing. He's the best fighter, but he always finds a way to just end up. I don't know. I, I was tired of. I'm tired of seeing Raph lose. So it was nice to see him actually win a fight. I'm kind of tired of seeing the turtles get their their butts handed to them. You know, like and yeah. And, in between this and the Nickelodeon, con- that's kind of why I don't watch the Nickelodeon con- uh, cartoon a lot, is because like they just get beaten down so much. And it's like I get why they uh, are getting beaten down because you want to see them rise up against a, a heavy hitting villain. Mm-hmm. But it's like yeah, but this there's there's also like you know abuse happening. So right. just, <laughs> you know they're the Ninja Turtles. Have them be ninjas. You know. Right, I know. How do you get around that? And I'm just tired of seeing Donatello getting taken out all the time. Why does that have to keep happening? I know, so, I know. It must be the bow. I don't know. Yeah. You know, so anyways, Raph ends up winning that fight, and uh, that's when uh, Donatello and uh, what's uh, Stockman, they figure out, oh, man, the SWAT team's breaking in, and they're actually breaking in through the elevator shaft. Well, this uh, is the best fight. Of oh, this it's, great. it's great. It's uh, great. This is like some Batman level stuff happening right here when <laughs> uh, the uh, SWAT team or the uh, Earth Protection 
Association of America or whatever they're called. They're climbing up the uh, elevator shaft, and Raphael just jumps down it and starts taking out these soldiers. Oh, it's great. And it's so cool. Yeah, the the turtles are kind of divided. Uh, So on the rooftop, you got Donatello and Leonardo. Um, They're testing these probes to see if they'll only shock mutants or people as well. And they find Mm -hmm. out they don't, uh, through April, they find out that they don't actually shock humans. So they use that to their advantage. And meanwhile, uh, Raph and, um, I don't know if Mikey ends up fighting or not. I think it's just Raph. It's just Raphael. Yeah, yeah, Raph, that's right. Raph, he's busting these guys. And there's about three or four different pages of just layouts of him, you know, just making short work of these guys. Excellent artwork. I couldn't put, words couldn't put it into justice. And finally, Michelangelo throws one of his um, grappling hooks down there so uh, Raph can get back up after he beats all the guys up. Pulls mm-hmm. Raph up just in time for Stockman to activate all the, uh, like, Resident Evil lasers. <laughs> I was I thinking, know. I was I, thinking yeah. Resident Evil when I see those lasers. <laughs> well, it's because it's in every movie, you know. So. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> so back to the rooftop. April's on the roof. And what was her plan? I kind of forget what her plan was. Her plan is basically to just uh, – they want to get April out of there mm-hmm. because the turtles kind of know they can get away. They want to make sure April uh, will be able to get out. So these uh, probes that are up there can, like, levitate and uh, fl- they're basically – they float. Mm-hmm. So she ties one up and her, her uh, idea is I can use the fact that these things can fly, essentially, to jump over the uh, – alleyway and get to an adjacent building uh rooftop so i can get away and um i don't i think anyway that it's just so that she can get away yeah because uh the turtles are giving her directions to like it's pretty funny like the turtles are trying to give her like the quickest route back to the lair <laughs> and she's like i'll just take a cab yeah that was a good line like, oh yeah i forgot about that no, you're <laughs> so. yeah um let's see uh so as she's making her escape, she gets shot in the arm um, by one of the Federation soldiers. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that, that, that's something we've, we don't really see very much as April get injured like that. Yeah, this uh, April's, I hate to say it this way because it's April, but, like, she gets uh, a lot of behind-the-scenes credit. You know, she's very seldomly out in the, in the middle of the action. She's more mm-hmm. of a, you know, just even the NES game was like, you have my support, you know. <laughs> That's about it. But then this one, she just totally takes a bullet in the arm. Yeah. And climbs up this rooftop, and she's... She's tough, man. She is tough. Like, she gets on the rooftop, and you see her, like, try to fall, you know, just, like, kind of rest and, like, I don't want to say fall asleep, but that's what it looks like. And she forces herself to get up, and she says, no, you asked for this, and they're counting on you. So keep going. And she starts running away. And that really shows you a lot of... April's character, where, like, there is a lot of fight in April. She is not a damsel in distress. She is not somebody to be saved. No. She's somebody that can be counted on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, right after that, uh, Raph joins the turtles at the the rooftop, you know, after he's made short work of uh, the SWAT soldiers in the elevator shaft. He comes up, and he is livid because he found out that April was shot. And this is where we get probably the best scene in these two issues, uh, in my opinion. This is the best scene so far in this whole series. Yeah, I agree. This I agree. really is. This is this this proves to me why Raphael is like so relatable to me. I was just gonna say, you want to do a little uh, radio drama? Oh man, here we go. This is this is how we make up for last week when I had one line. 
All right, so you you, you want to be Raph or you want to be Mikey? I'll be Raph. I'll be Raph. Okay, okay. Uh, you started off, Oshad. Okay, so on page 17, uh, okay, he says, what do you mean uh, April just got shot? He says, what do you mean shot? Why would you let her do that? That was stupid and irresponsible. And, and then Leonardo interrupts. No, it wasn't. Zodi's plan. Zodi's plan? Was a good one. April's smart and resourceful. She'll be okay. You don't know that. All right, now this is Michelangelo here. Yeah, but like, we never know if any of us is going to be okay. How is this any different? That's exactly my point. What's your point, Raph? What? And then Donnie says, Mikey, we shouldn't. And he says, oh, and then you keep going. Yeah, this is it. So Mikey kind of stands up to Raph here. He goes, no. Or we need to get this out, bro. What was the point of going... Gosh, I can't... I gotta get my glasses. What was the point of going after Zodi while we were under attack? Or almost doing the same thing with Stockman? Or diving into the elevator? Or this? This crappy attitude that you've been carrying around for weeks now, huh? Tell me. He says, I was alone. What? When we first mutated, when we left the lab, you guys had each other. But I was alone. Do you know what that was like? I don't think I realized just how lonely and confused I was until after you found me. And then Donnie almost died, and we haven't really slowed down since then, you know? If we keep going like this, one of us is going to die. No matter how good we are, it's going to happen. And I can't, I can't lose any of you. I won't let that happen again, especially if it's for nothing. Look at what we're doing here. We're not attacking the enemy. We're not saving anyone's life. We're just fighting to survive. But what choice do we have, Raph? We're family, bro. We're gonna get through this. And we'll get Alapex back, too. He says, thank you, Mikey. That great scene. What a scene. Yeah, I love that, man. That's that's what makes the IDW comic, in pretty much all of its forms, like the best iteration of the Turtles. Because they just have... They just have the backbone to really dive into who these characters are and what makes them tick, you know? I mean, yeah. like, you don't really get that with any of the animated series where it's, especially, like, and I know this might be blasphemy, but, like, the 80s cartoon series has kind of become, like, almost stereotypes of what those characters actually were, where yeah. they began. And it's so easy to look back with rose-colored glasses, but, like, they, they were kind of silly and dumb for a couple of... Uh, every now and then, you'd see an episode where it's just like, why are they doing this? <laughs> this yeah, especially later thing. on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right from, like, season two on upwards. I rewatched a couple of the early seasons. It's just like, no, man, they went off the rails as soon as they knew they were going to, like, start getting syndication deals. It's like, they just went crazy. Right. <laughs> which is fine, because that's what cartoons were like back then. You know, uh, it was very, very seldom did you get like a Batman animated series where it was deeply rooted in psychosis and everything. Well, I mean, let's face it. We were we were all kids. You know, all we wanted to see was our Ninja Turtles on TV. We didn't care necessarily about amazing storytelling or, you know, deep, dark feelings. So I, I'm totally with you there. And it's a lot of thanks to like Tom Waltz. I can kind of tell based on his writing. He was just kind of like us when it was just like. Yeah, I loved the Ninja Turtles when I was the 80s and 90s, but I wonder what they would really be like. Who are the people under there? And then he made a comic book out of it. Right. Like, <laughs> well, I wish I could do that. You know, so, but... <laughs> ah, you're working on it, buddy. I, I'm, I'm impressed, and we're uh, hopefully we'll be talking about that here in a minute. 
Okay, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then pretty much right after that huge dialogue between uh, Michelangelo and Raph, we get um, the last uh, scene in the book where the scorpion chick, Zodi, she goes, "Uh, you guys might want to take a look at this. Yeah. And they look out, and General Bishop is literally—he meant every she word he was saying. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he meant every word he was saying when he said this is a war because there's a tank out there, an armored car with a looks like a rocket launcher on it. I don't they know. They have what. military vehicles here that don't even exist. They, <laughs> they've got some crazy like this. I mean, I wasn't—I wasn't really kidding when I just yelled GI Joe. This would be a perfect GI Joe crossover here. Yeah. <laughs> Just like you realize the Earth Protection Force is actually well, probably Cobra. They're yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Cobra. Yeah. So. so, and then that's how this one ends. And um, and then of course we get the uh, the Rat King Part Three for Inside Out. Mm-hmm. And um, man, just love the the creepy looking Shredder. I mean, I don't know how to even to describe all this stuff. It's just all visions that Leonardo's having, and I'm wondering who he's really messing with because at first it was a. First it was Koya, then it was a dragon, then it was Rat King. I wonder if Rat King all along has been the one messing. Yeah, with him, he's got it. Leonardo's got to be meditating or something, and just like or Kitsune, and just like just is messing with him hardcore. Yeah, yeah. and my favorite, probably my favorite um, panel of or this story is where Leonardo is on this little island in the, in the middle of this arena with all yeah. these foot soldiers surrounding him but this is great shot great shot oh him doing the superhero landing on there yeah yeah it looks great oh and then that's where the dragon shows up i see it now yeah a bunch of lightning shows up and then it's a dragon yeah yeah, yeah. so uh and then that's it he hops in the water and he says uh i can't stay down here forever i need air need a way out and it says to be continued yeah and again the artwork's amazing so uh all right man these two issues, uh, how many slices of pizza would you give them? Uh, collectively, these get like a, a solid eight because we just haven't really progressed yet. You know, there's a lot of great character moments. What makes this such a high high score for me is it, it just the character moments and just not being afraid to really show the humanity underneath the shells there, you know? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, here you have this like high, fast-paced comic i mean where things are happening i mean literally universe started off right out the gate running yeah but yet you have one of the most heartfelt and also for me it was very helpful that moment with raf and michelangelo we finally get the context in which this story is told and it's it's literally right after alapex has taken off because yeah. Michael, michelangelo literally says hey we'll get alapex back you know, so finally I see the timeline here. It's literally happening right during the same time as, I guess, the main run. Yeah, you know, they do run parallel to each other. I did read that, like, it is within the IDW universe, but it's not beholden to it. Right. So, it, like, the timelines match up, but they don't necessarily have to gel together. Right, so long as they don't contradict, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, th- it's the same writers working on this, too, with these new writers, so it, there's no way that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But like, but if you're being realistic about it, they're, they're supposed to be in an alleyway fighting the Street Phantoms right now, not right. take <laughs> April out of Stock Gen Labs, you know? True, true. So it, it doesn't add up, but it adds up. So right. it is... It's a nice option. All of a sudden, now you're at a fork in the road, and whatever series you watch is or read is what 
path you went down. You're right, right. And I, you know, I'm kind of with you. At first, I kind of viewed this series, and I love Universe. Don't get me wrong. Even yeah. the first issue, I was like, I kind of viewed this series as okay. This is, this is B. You know, whereas yeah. the the main run was the A series, and this is the B series. But now I, I really, really like these issues because you get this whole new story, plus you get a short story at the end, and and yeah. I. I like that. It's something exciting every month. And and to be honest, if it wasn't for our show, I probably wouldn't be reading Universe just because yeah. it just because I'm very much invested in. And I, I don't think it's unfair to say I'm very invested in a run that has 60 plus issues already that I've been reading from. Right. So if it wasn't for this show, I wouldn't be, you know, spending more money. But whatever. <laughs> You're so- welcome. <laughs> Oh yeah, I know. I I feel the same way. Um, this show definitely holds me accountable. I buy all this stuff, and I'm like, oh, I, darn! I got to prep for the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I would give these two issues an eight out of ten as well. I think the first issue, I think I give a seven because I didn't really know what was going on, which, which was probably was the point of that episode, right? Like, that was the point of that issue. Yeah, yeah, right. So I, you know, I I guess in a way, I shouldn't have given it. Ah, seven's not a low score. Seven's a good score. No, no, seven's fine. If you're not reading a book that's a seven out of ten, you don't read good books anyway. Right. (laughs) Right. And so, you know, these just get better and better. I really, really like these two issues, and I loved loved the fight scene between um, Zodi and Raph. I thought that was great. And I love Bishop's Wit. Great stuff. Great stuff. I know. I like Bishop. Yeah, that's how you do a condescending villain well. I agree. Yeah, I hear that, Baxter? That's yeah. how you condescend with style. <laughs> exactly. And old Baxter being a good guy, at least for temporarily. Well, I like he's it. just trying not to die. You know, I, true, I true. still don't like Baxter. So Yeah, I still, still hate him. But There's, you know, there's I, never going to be an old Hob moment for me where it's like, okay, I get him. I get it. I like all him. All right, you heard that, listeners. You heard that. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for issue five of Universe because the cover uh, shows old Hob fighting Leatherhead. What? So, really? Yeah, if you look up issue five of Tur- uh, Turtles Universe, they've got a preview for it. It shows the cover, and it shows Old Hob about to get into a fight with Leatherhead. Oh, my Or gosh. about to get killed by Leatherhead, which are probably which, that's probably more realistic to say. Don't worry, Slash will bail him out. So, that, and we're finally going to get our Slash-Leatherhead fight. They're listening. <laughs> Even though these were written be. way before. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Oh, this sweet. was written and drawn last year. You know? Right, right. But we'll say, yo, we gave him that idea. Yeah. <laughs> I want my turtles check. You know, come right, on. Exactly. You want me to buy more toys? You give me a check. <laughs> well, sweet, man. Well, um, that wraps it up for the comic talk. And uh, uh, real quickly, since, you know, Thanksgiving is upon us, it'll be here next Thursday. And I'm going to try to get this this uh, episode edited before Thanksgiving so it makes a little bit more sense. But, <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be Thanksgiving to be thankful for something. So, my friend, what... What kinds of Ninja Turtle stuff are you thankful for this year? Uh, really, I'm thankful for the IDW comic because, and it bleeds in from last year too. Because I would have never have written anything Turtles if it wasn't for this comic. Oh, wow. uh, I have this comic and your show and our show now. Uh, at the time, it was just yours and Josh Witt's show. I have those two things to thank for me to really get back into the Turtles, and you know, because I always thought that you know just. I always felt kind of bad that I was nerdy or geeky, and I'm 33, and I probably shouldn't be. But you know, I uh, and 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 not because like I feel embarrassed about it, but I just I felt like there were just better things for me to do. But this is the best thing that I can do. You know, this is yeah, this is who I am. You know, this is uh, 
I sound sarcastic and uh, cynical about everything, but I am a collector. I am a writer. I am somebody that draws a lot, and I am also somebody that shares a deep love of the Ninja Turtles with my own kids. You know, they love the Ninja Turtles just as much as I do, and that's what really what I'm thankful for is everything stemming from our show and the IDW comics uh, really letting me uh, enjoy uh, the Turtles, letting it be okay to enjoy it. You know, Man, that was good. Uh, well said. Jeez, I, Thank you. One we'll we'll the show on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I, I appreciate the kind words, too, about the, the show and everything, man. And uh, as a matter of fact, like you said, you, you are part of the show now. You've been on the show for over a year now. We were just talking about this earlier this week. Yeah, it's crazy. I cannot believe it's been that long. Yeah, so, yeah it showed up in my memory feed on Facebook I, uh, when we had uh, first discussed, I think it was... Episode 37 of Turtle Flight. Divide and we, Conquer, yeah. Right, right. We first discussed um, the last episode of the original series. And, mm-hmm. and uh, man, that's kind of what I was going to get get at. You know, I'm thankful for, for, for you guys, you know, being on the show because, um, man, we, we've just been just incredible friends through the show. And it yeah. all just kind of stems from our love for the Ninja Turtles. You know, uh, uh, Josh, he, he couldn't be here, Jay Weezy. But, you know, I would say the same thing to him. I, I consider you both very very close friends and i would have never known you had it not been for the show and uh you know i'm thankful for that because you know you're a good dude josh you're a very very good guy and, Thanks, and you got an amazing family um and it's not the adams family either it's uh <laughs> no i mean but honestly i have a blast doing this with you every week and i appreciate you being so flexible because i'm a pain in the butt sometimes when it comes to scheduling and no, i'm sure it's anything yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Nick Stevens and uh, Landon Long would agree with that. Uh, but, you know, I do appreciate you being on because, honestly, uh, you guys make this show for me. I, I love talking turtles, but doing it alone would have been really, really challenging, you know. So um, just appreciate you guys coming on and kind of iron sharpens iron in a lot of ways. You know, you guys have made me a better host and a better person, and uh, it's it's been a blast. And, and, and then the last thing is um, – well, I guess I got two more. I, uh, I want to thank – well, another thing I'm thankful for is uh, my Jim Lawson sketch of, of me and my dad in Ninja Turtle form. <laughs> that is um, a great sketch. Oh, it, it's awesome. Uh, listeners, for those of you not seen it, it's basically just this sketch that Jim Lawson had done. And it's all thanks to Jay Weezy. I think he was the one who, right after my father had passed away, um, Josh did something really nice and uh, – uh, had a bunch of, I guess, my friends who all remained anonymous. No one ever fessed up who donated, but um, they had Jim Lawson draw a sketch of my father as Splinter and me as little Michelangelo, and we're huddled around our TV, a uh, little turned-out TV playing Batman for the NES, which was <laughs> one of my... Which was one of my favorite memories with my dad. We, I think it was Christmas in 1990 where I had first got my Nintendo and my family was still together. And, you know, it was just one of those perfect memories. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. Just incredibly nice to everybody to donate for that and then have my hero draw it. And then, uh, you know, lastly, uh, the, the listeners. You know, I, I'm so thankful for, for – and I'm sure, Josh, you would agree. Yeah. It, it's so motivating when we get interaction on our Facebook page or our Facebook group and – the kind reviews that we've gotten over the years, um, man, that really fires us up. I mean, it's, it's just, you never know who's listening. And when you get those kinds of 
because I know there's a lot of hardcore, passionate turtle fans out there. Yeah. When when you get the the pat on the back and and, and people say they they enjoy what we're doing uh, or offer us suggestions, it's probably one of the most rewarding things that we could do having a podcast in the first place. So. Mm-hmm. You know, thank thank you guys. A big slice of pizza to every single one of you listening. <laughs> you know, it's it's really awesome, man. And I think we posed this question to some of our listeners as well. Let's see if I can find the feedback. Here's some. Christopher Carlson, uh, a man. First of all, definitely uh, uh, posts a lot of great stuff on our Facebook page. Um, he says. We don't have Thanksgiving here in Sweden, uh, but I will be thankful for TMNT in general for all the good things it has given me over the years. And also, I'm terrible at picking. But <laughs> we still have, he says, but we still have Black Friday. Weird, right? <laughs> Everyone likes to shop, dude. So. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That is a, yeah. Uh, Christopher Carlson goes on to say, oh, and IDW Bishop reminds me of Warhammer 40,000. He just needs a fancy hat and a chain sword, and he fit right in. Well, actually, I could wow, see that. All I right. see that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> And then he says, lastly, I have, or after having a work day to think about it, the turtle toy I'm most grateful for is the original Michelangelo my grandmother gave me in 1993. I love him so much that I made a new belt and chucks for him in shop class years later. Good times. And he sent us a picture, and it looks awesome. (laughs) And then uh, Thaddeus says, "Um, thankful about the ongoing Nick TMNT series that I had the pleasure, and that I had the pleasure of meeting Greg Sipes, who plays Michelangelo when I attended Comic-Con. So, very cool. And then I posted a last-minute feedback, and it looks like Knox Pollock says, or Pollux, he says, Personally, I'm thankful for the Turtle Flakes podcast, the fun and excitement you guys have brought to an old shellhead's life. Well, thank you, man. Thanks, dude. Yeah, that was nice. Jeez, I love hearing that stuff. Uh, And Lamont Reed says, you guys are awesome. So, (laughs) man, well... We'll end the show on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if the shoe fits, you know. All right, exactly. Oh, dude, but uh, so anything else you want to add, Hosehead? No, no, I don't think so. No, I think. All I'm, right. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I could beat out any of that. So. It's good stuff, man. Good stuff, man. Another, another Thanksgiving in the book, and uh, gosh, we've been doing this about three years now. So uh, yeah, that's crazy. To, to many more Thanksgivings, Hosehead. That's right. You too, man. All right. So the question everyone wants to know. Yeah, and I think you know where I'm going with this. Oh, God, what disgusting pizza are you going to recommend now? Well, you know, what kind of pizza are we going to have to close out our Totally Tubular Thanksgiving episode of Turtle Flakes? Man, you know what? we got to try. I don't even know, man. Just, you know what? What we should do is just, like, try, like, a Thanksgiving-themed pizza, you know? Yeah. What we should try to do is, like, I mean, they have, like, shredded beef and shredded chicken or cut-up chicken on pizza, so we should probably try doing a... Like a smoked turkey pizza, with, <laughs> like gravy in the crust, and the crust is actually made out of stovetop stuffing, and we got a side of yams just in case. So, ah, side of yams. Okay, so that's stuffing, yams, and what was the other one? Uh, gravy in the crust. Yeah. Okay, gravy, uh, stuffed crust, stuff, gravy, gravy crust, okay. gravy stuffed crust, stuffed gravy crust, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hi, dudes and dudettes. Here's to hope you enjoy your stuffed crust gravy, yams, and cranberry pizza? Turkey. Turkey. Uh, Cranberry sauce on it, too. Yeah, you got to dip something into it, I guess. All right, well, you know what? Here's to hoping you enjoy your Thanksgiving pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Cowabunga, dude. Cowabunga, everyone. All right, man. Let me get the end there, man. I just, you know. Thanksgiving pizza, I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) 
whatever you call it. Well, um, whoops, pop figures. My name's Turtle Michelangelo. So. No. Ah, well, he's okay. <coughs> She's at least a friend of Casey Jones. <coughs> Excuse me, I got a frog in my throat. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. There we go. And so uh, cigarettes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I completely shut up, Rob. I completely forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you can make me laugh, I'm pretty sold on you. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's why I'm still on this podcast. You know, just that's thanks, watch <laughs> Rob try to put together an episode. It's hilarious. Oh, I know, especially with all the <laughs> mistakes I make. Oh, it's, it's terrible. Oh, uh, wow. don't make it real, dude.